Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. Our text this morning is in Luke 22:54-62 and John 21:15-25. I want to be focusing on the account of Jesus and Peter in the Bible. Okay, so I'm going to start in Luke 22. Uh, Jesus. So I'm just going to bring a, some context to Luke 22. So Jesus had he was having a discussion with the disciples on the night before he was crucified. They were all, the disciples and Jesus were all sitting down having a Passover meal, and uh, the disciples started arguing about who is the greatest. Then Jesus spoke this unusual word to Peter. He was foretelling what Peter was going to do, and it's spoken here in Luke twenty-two thirty-one to 34 in the Bible. Okay, Jesus says this to Peter. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Peter replies, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Wow, that's a bold statement from Peter. And then Jesus responds, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Here's a couple of thoughts that um, I got from this uh, passage of Scripture here. Number one, Satan, the enemy, wants to sift our lives. You see, he wants to do that through guilt and shame. Number two, Jesus already knew that Peter was going to fail. And don't we all relate to that? Don't, don't we all have experienced a failure of some sort? You know, failure is something that we, we will all experience because we're not perfect. Even though, you know, Peter failed, number three, Jesus was praying for him that he would turn back and then go and strengthen his brothers. Church, this morning, I want to tell you that Jesus is also praying for you this morning. Jesus is praying for you that you can overcome guilt and shame if you're experiencing that this morning, and in turn, you will turn back, and you will strengthen your brothers and sisters this morning. Amen? Awesome. Going to continue with Luke 22. Uh, Jesus gets arrested, and he's taken to the high priest's house to be questioned. All the disciples run away in fear, And only Peter was the one there following Jesus, following the guards as they take him back, sorry, as they take him to uh, the high priest's house. And our text here is in Luke 22, 54, 62. It says, Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said this, Man also, sorry, this man also was with him, but he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of of about an, another hour, still 
uh, one insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But then Peter, but Peter responds again, and he says, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. So gangster, eh? He's, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. You see, Peter's denial is like me denying that I am the husband of Joey. Ooh, right? That, that's pretty harsh. You know, Peter experienced guilt. You see, he experienced guilt because he failed his Lord and Savior. Guilt is how we feel about our actions and what we've done. Or, I have done something bad. Okay? Not long after that, Peter experienced guilt. He felt shame. Shame is how we feel about ourselves and who we are. Or in other words, I am a bad person. Don't we all experience that? You see, the reason we're talking about guilt and shame is because they both happen simultaneously. They both happen very closely, and we've all experienced that. They're like close brothers, brothers and sisters relationship. They're so close to each other. It's like we already feel bad enough from doing something that we feel guilty of, but then shame adds on to it. You see, I want to separate the two right now. I want to, I want to talk about um, guilt first. I want to separate the two brothers and sisters right now. So, you see, there's a difference of feeling guilty but not being guilty or being guilty uh, and not feeling guilty. Did you catch that? There's a difference of feeling guilty but not being guilty versus being guilty but not feeling guilty. I want to share an example of feeling guilty but not being guilty. I remember four years ago, our family experienced uh, something that which no family should ever experience. My younger brother needed medical attention, and um, we had to take him to the hospital, and it was around midnight. Uh, we took him to the hospital, and um, around the time of about 1 a.m., he ran away from the hospital. And um, we lived in West Auckland at the time, and, and um, those who know, you know, who, who you live, you know, you live in West Auckland. West Auckland is a real bushy area. We had lots of forestry, and um, we were trying to search for him. We were looking for him. We were searching for weeks. I remember not working. I stopped working. I stopped sleeping. I stopped eating. I was so anxious trying to find my brother. And then a week later, we found out that he's dead. You know, I experienced guilt. A guilt that I failed my family. I failed because I couldn't find my brother. And if only I searched hard enough, I would have found him and he would have been alive today. This guilt, this being guilty... This, this sense of feeling like, you know, I, I feel guilty right now, but I'm not guilty, was weighed upon me. And I remembered just 
feeling so depressed, so discouraged, so lost. But I thank God. I thank God that he showed me that that is not a burden that I should not carry at all. I should not carry that burden. And I tell you this morning, church, that is called false guilt. You know, Jesus freed me from that. Last year, I remembered we had uh, SOE, School of Empowerment, and we're going through a a ministry time where we're learning how to, you know, um, demonstrate the, the spiritual gifts. And I remember Jesus healing me at a time of worship. He removed that false guilt from me, that feeling guilty but not being guilty. You know, this morning, church, I want to encourage you, if you feel guilty, I want to tell you, you are not guilty for that. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you couldn't say goodbye. Maybe something so tragic happened and you're blaming yourself. I want to tell you this morning, you are free this morning. You do not have to carry that false guilt. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's false guilt. But what about being guilty but not feeling guilty? Being guilty but not feeling guilty. You see, there are small things that we can feel guilty about, and there are large things that we can feel guilty about. Let's start with the small things. Maybe you're at home and you have a habit of hanging your clothes on the ground like myself. Maybe you um, forget to put the toilet seat down when, after you've done your business. Or maybe there's a big bar of chocolate in the fridge and you know that you sh- you're on a diet and you need to stop eating that chocolate. And then next minute you eat the whole, entire whole chocolate. That is what I call guilty pleasures. Okay, those are just small things to feel guilty about. Maybe for some, it's not that small. But what about the large things that we should feel guilty about? Like watching pornography. Like sleeping around with someone that is not your spouse. Or how about taking advantage over someone? You see, we can be guilty, but not feel guilty about that. Have you ever heard of the saying that, um, you know, uh, this person doesn't have a conscience? Have you ever met someone who doesn't have a conscience? Uh, Yeah, don't nudge your um, husbands there, eh, wives? See, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.2, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. What do I mean by this? You know, conscience, uh, conscience is to be awoke. Conscience is to be aware. It's to be aware of what is right and wrong. And some of us have consciences that have been seared like a hot iron. You've continued to do the things that you should be feeling guilty of, but you're not guilty of. It's like cooking a, a delicious steak, right? If you want medium rare, but then you've overcooked it. You've just continued to overcook it that has gone black and it doesn't taste good anymore. Ew. That's the same way with your conscience. You can sear your conscience till you are no longer awoke and no longer aware and you no longer feel guilty anymore. And did you know that you, can, you could be sleeping around with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and not feel guilty about that? You could be engaging in pornography and you could not be feeling guilty of that. Sorry, I know it's a hard message this morning, but um, the Lord told me to say this because this is... This is real stuff that we go through. We all go through guilt and shame. But I want to encourage you this. 
You see, the enemy uses guilt in this way. He is out there to sift your life. He wants to destroy you. But the Bible is so clear. See, the Bible is so clear that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But you see, guilt makes you feel that you've done something bad. And shame comes to make you feel that you're a bad person. You see, if there was a wedding invite and there was a plus one, eh, Sonia and James? If there was a plus one, guess what? Shame is that plus one. It's going to come upon you. You see, shame, I believe, is deception from the enemy. Let me repeat that again. You see, shame is deception from the enemy. The enemy uses shame to lie to you, especially who you are and your identity, your worth in Jesus. Remember, Jesus foretold you know, to Peter that the enemy was going to come and sift him out. He was going to sift him and the disciples, meaning that he was going to separate them away from their relationship with Jesus. You see, shame caused Peter to run away. Here are a couple of thoughts about shame. You see, shame makes us fear. Shame makes us fear. Shame makes us fearful. Fear of failure, fear that God is going to start and punish us. Shame makes us feel condemned. It makes us feel unworthy. Shame makes us run from God. And last thing, shame makes us hide. Shame makes us hide. What do I mean by shame makes us hide? I'm not talking about hide as in hiding physically, like playing a hide-and-go-seek game. I'm talking about hiding as in you would hide yourself, you would cover yourself. You know, what are you hiding and covering yourself from to, to deal with your shame? I remember back in the days, I would hide and I would distract myself by watching a lot of TV. Serious, I was addicted to TV. Maybe it was watching too much Korean drama or something. But I was watching too much TV and it was a way to hide away from reality, to escape from all the hurts and all the guilt and all the shame that I was experiencing. Ultimately, it was trying to hide away from dealing with shame. What about you this morning, church? What are you hiding from? Some of us hide behind the gym. We puff ourselves up with getting big cannons or something. Or maybe you hide in your career. Or maybe you hide in your studies. You know, you just focus so much on your studies so that you can graduate. Nothing wrong with that, but, but somehow you are hiding to, to deal with shame. You see, I want to tell you this morning, church, there is good news. Can we say good news? Yes, there is good news. You see, Jesus wants to renew us. Jesus wants us to experience a renewal from, ex- from guilt and shame. How are, we renew- how are we renewed from guilt and shame? I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you asked that question. Number one, we are renewed by conviction. Conviction. Remember I mentioned earlier, you can be guilty but not feel guilty. You see, God wants us to respond to guilt with conviction. I'm not talking about a criminal conviction like you have done a crime. I'm talking about a holy conviction, a holy conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit, that comes from God, which leads us towards God. You see, conviction always leads us towards God. It never leads us away from God. You see, shame condemns us, and it draws us away from God. But conviction corrects us, and it draws us to God. Conviction points out what is good in God. 
God demonstrated his own love for us, yet we were sinners. Christ died for us. Conviction points us to what is good in God, but condemnation points us to what's bad in us. You see, conviction helps us to overcome. Conviction helps us to walk in victory. Amen? If you are feeling guilty this morning and the Holy Spirit is convicting you, I want to tell you this. There is good news. There is good news. You love Jesus and you have the mind of Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8.1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, if you're born again, guess what? There is no condemnation. There is a holy conviction that continues to permeate inside your soul and, and it invites you and it encourages you to overcome and overcome anything. Amen. If you don't feel convicted this morning and you are guilty and, and you don't feel guilty, I want to tell you this. There is also good news for you this morning. You see, Jesus has died on the cross to exchange all that guilt and all that shame. And he wants to give you a new heart and he wants to give you a holy conviction so that you can overcome. Amen. How are we renewed from guilt and shame? Number two, repent. Repent. You see, Peter was convicted of denying Jesus. That led him to repentance. You see, there's a difference with Peter and Judas. You see, repentance means to turn from sin and turn to God. Repentance is actually not feeling remorseful or even weeping over our sin. Repentance is having a godly sorrow that leads you to turn away from a lifestyle of sin and turn to God. Amen? You see, Judas, one of the, the disciples, the difference with Judas and Peter is that Judas responded with guilt and shame, with condemnation. He tried to deal with his guilt and shame on his own terms. He refused to repent, even when he was crying, even when he knew that he sinned against Jesus over 30 pieces of silver, he didn't repent. He tried to deal with it in his own terms. Church, this morning, none of us can deal with our guilt and shame in our own terms. We have to trust in Jesus Christ. We have to repent. We have to turn. We have to have a godly sorrow, a holy conviction to turn from sin and turn to God. And number three, we need the grace of God. We need the grace of God. See, we all here understand that grace is God's undeserved favor towards all of us right? But I want to go a little bit deeper. You see, there's a difference of working for $300 billion versus being given $300 billion. I can work all my life and not even work enough to make $300 billion. But if I am given $300 billion, wow, imagine the countless possibilities of what you can do with it. Of course, you don't want to use it for your guilty pleasures. You want to use it for Jesus, right? Amen. Yes, 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 Ulu, yes. $300 billion is given to us. We use it for good, not for the selfish gain. Okay, thank you, amen. All right, that is grace. God has given us 
grace. He, it's an empowering presence from Jesus, empowering presence from the Holy Spirit, a holy conviction to overcome and to walk free. We need the grace of God. How are we renewed from guilt and shame? As I close on this last point, um, how are we renewed from our guilt and shame? The last thing is mission. The last thing is mission. It is so key that we obey the mission of God. You know, um, when I shared earlier about Peter, Peter denied Jesus three times. Uh, he failed. He knew he failed. He, he was filled with guilt and shame that he ran away. And um, uh, throughout the story, Jesus dies on the cross. He, he, he um, rises from the dead, and then he reconnects with the disciples. And so as he reconnects with the disciples, Peter, you see, rem remember this. Jesus called Peter to be a fisher of men. He gave him a clear calling. Uh, can we just get someone on the keys as I close? And so he gave him a calling. He gave him a mission. He said that he is called to be a fisher of men, but in the story, Peter and the disciples go back to fishing. They go back to doing what they are good at. And in the story, they caught nothing. Um, <clears throat> Jesus then sits down with them, has a meal with them, and, and talks to them. And he reminds them again of who they are. And as they were enjoying the meal, uh, Jesus confronts Peter about his denial. And so it comes to our last text here in John 21. And Peter's talking to, sorry, Jesus talking to Peter, and he says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter responds. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. <clears throat> Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Church, this morning, I believe Jesus is speaking to you to remind you of your calling, of your destiny. We have a gospel message that will free people from guilt and shame. Maybe you're experiencing guilt and shame right now, and it's caused you to, to, to lose focus in what God has destined and purposed you right from the beginning. Maybe you're like Peter. Maybe, maybe you were just like, you know, you're bold, Jesus. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to start this new school. I'm going to start this new business. I'm going to do this for you, Jesus. But then all of a sudden you go through life and you go through guilt and you go through shame and the enemy's lying to you and the enemy's putting, he's sifting your life right now. And then you've lost focus. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is reminding you again, do you love me? He's not saying, are you coming to church and doing the motions? Are you reading your Bible enough? Are you doing more serving? Are you only coming to church because you need to serve? He is looking to your heart. He's directing you to your heart. Do you love me? Church, this morning, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Do you love Jesus. Don't deal with your guilt and shame on your own terms because none of us can do it in our own strength. 
Jesus died on the cross to exchange your guilt and shame and to give you holiness, to give you peace, to give you a new start. It is never finished. It's not over. You can be renewed again this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to read this last passage of Scripture because I believe it's powerful. He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Church, this morning, we have a mission. But it starts with following Jesus. It starts with following Jesus. We have a mission to go out and make disciples. We have a mission to spread the good news. Thank you, Lord. Let me close this and, and pray. Father.